Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. Check out our website, www.bigfootsocietypodcast.com. It's our base for all things social media, blogs, episodes, and everything else Bigfoot Society. Follow Bigfoot Society on Instagram to keep up to date with the community daily. If you'd like to support us and help us keep the lights on for the cost of less than a cup of coffee per month, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society, where for $5 a month, you'll get early access to the podcast before anyone else and exclusive access to our weekly Patreon-only Bigfoot Society After Dark podcast. It's where the week's guest stays on after everyone else leaves and shares their favorite creepier or cryptid story with me and you, the listener, as we're sitting around the campfire at our creepy cryptid summer camp. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society to also see all the shout out, Zoom hangout, merch discounts, and more that you'll have access to as an official Bigfoot Society card carrying member for only $5 a month. A little bit of This American Life and a little bit of In Search Of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, put your phone in your pocket, and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. This week you'll hear Ryan Sprague from the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Now, this is a UFO podcast, but you're going to love hearing about how we in the cryptid community can play nice with the UFO community and Ryan and I have a very interesting discussion about that also Ryan uh, talks to us about all the recent developments with the disclosure movement and all the crazy awesome UFO developments uh, that are happening recently it's hap- it's it's day to day so you're going to love this interview uh, time to open your mind, and uh, here we go. All right, welcome back uh, to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have the pleasure of having uh, Ryan Sprague uh, from Somewhere in the Skies uh, podcast on with us tonight, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, Ryan is, of course, as I said, the host of that podcast. He's also been on uh, the documentary On the Trail of UFOs from Small Town Monsters. A lot of my listeners will probably know that. And he's also been on a show on the CW, Correct Ryan, called Mysteries Decoded. Yes. Which is awesome. And you, oh, you've thanks. done a lot of other stuff. Um, what other? Do you mind uh, also introducing yourself a little bit, Ryan? Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me, man. I've been a fan for a while now. And when you reached out, I was super, <laughs> super excited Jeez. to get the invite. So, um, no, thank you for having me. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I was born in 1984. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been into UFOs for most of my life, actually. I had, okay. uh, I had a UFO sighting when I was 12 years old, which kind of mm. sent me on this path to, um, you know, maybe find answers. I don't know if we ever will to what I saw, what hundreds of thousands of people around the world have seen. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I nabbed my first interview with a UFO witness at age 13. Uh, really? Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Man. Vietnam veteran of oh, all people. Too. That's great. That's great. Oh yeah. So that was, um, you know, I was on the phone with this guy for gosh, almost three hours, I would say. Wow. And, um, maybe five minutes of it was about his UFO sighting. <laughs> the rest was completely, you know, his career yeah. in the Navy, which was just as fascinating, but, um, 
Yeah, and I took down his UFO account. I handed it in to my uh, English teacher in middle school, and uh, oh, that's where my first uh, UFO journalism, I guess, really started. But uh, I love it's it. just been a snowball it. effect from there. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. So you're uh, you're an '80s kid then? Yes, mid '80s yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, did you and grow we're up showing with like? Our age. Um, yeah. Well. Oh man, now we're up to almost. We're in the late '30s now, right? Don't <clears throat> that's <me>. crazy. <laughs> um, so you grew up with the original uh, Unsolved Mysteries and all that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember seeing some of them. I was, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was a little scared with that stuff growing up, you know. And then the X Files came in the mid nineties yep. and whatnot. Yep. But um, to be honest, I wasn't really into that stuff. I was a, oh, I was really? a sports kid. Yeah, my dad kind of wow. trained me from birth. I wanted to be a a pro baseball player and I played all the way up till college, but, uh, you know, oh, the wow. UFO bug hit me and, um, life hit me and kind of sent me on different paths. And, uh, it's been an interesting journey for sure. But, um, yeah, I loved the original unsolved. I love the new ones too. I thought they were really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have Netflix, but, um, I've watched a little bit of the, um, the Western mass one, uh, right. which, which is pretty wild because, um, I need to talk to my dad about it because he grew up in that time period in Great Barrington in uh, Western Mass. Oh. So to see if he actually knew some of those people, but he would have been in the same time period, which is kind of cool. That is cool, man. And I mean, it says it's kind of a small town. So everyone knows mm-hmm. someone who exactly. saw something that night. Exactly. So I'm sure your dad might have a story to tell. I want to talk to him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you never know, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll I'll tell you something funny. So like um and let's actually you've probably are if you've listened to the podcast, you've already heard have you heard my UFO story? I don't know. I've, maybe, maybe not. Uh it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. The one where refresh it's my like, memory if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the one where it's like I hear the thing outside. Um and I'm, eh, it's like high school and I go outside and like there's this extremely large uh it's at night, extremely large plane type thing with like pulsating lights and like, whoop, 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 like going right over the house. And I'm like, dad, get out here quick. And he comes out here and we're both like, we're just looking at it and just like very slowly coming over the top of the house and everything. And it's like, it seems like it's super massive. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience with your, one of your parents where it's like, you look at them. And you're like, you're thinking this is the time when they're going to say something, but he's just, he's just looking and he's like, Hmm. And never mentions it ever Wow, Dude, until I... a year, until a year later when I brought it up and I was like, did you think that was a UFO? And he was like, no, I didn't think so. I was like, Oh, come on, dad. Come on. Yes. You... That's so <laughs> yeah. funny. You Isn't mentioned that, that, man. I, yeah. that was the same for me. My yeah. one UFO sighting or my, my I guess mm-hmm. my most dramatic one, uh, my father saw the tail end of it and oh, wow. I had the same exact thing happen. I looked over to him as the father figure, like yeah. explain to me what I'm seeing here. Like, should we be worried? What is this? Right, right. And he had not a damn word to say about it. And yeah. then, you know, he not till many years later when I really got into UFOs mm-hmm. and he started, you know, coming to see me talk at conferences and hear the stories where he was finally like, huh, 
yeah, maybe what we saw back in 1995 wasn't a plane, wasn't a plane, wasn't military technology. Wow. So yeah, that's that's you always look for that, right? The father's I know. approval yeah. when he finally says, yep. "I support yep. your UFO crazy endeavors." Um, you've made it. You've truly made it. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh... Well, I mean, I only got into this stuff really because we used to uh, watch uh, In Search of with Nimoy, like reruns right. of it. So he's the one to blame to to kind of get me into this as a little kid. And then I just, you know, a year or so ago, I got into the podcasting. But um, so did you have that? Uh, that was in was it New York State that you had that sighting? Yes. Yeah, it before? was in uh, central New York. I'm originally okay. from Syracuse, New York. Oh, yeah. And, sure. um yeah, yeah. And my parents and I would go on, uh, you know, weekend getaways sometimes up mm-hmm. to uh, the St. Lawrence River. Mm-hmm. And uh, that part of the river actually separated Canada from New York. It was right on the other side, Canada. Um, so that was pretty cool. You know, you'd see the, the boats go by with their Canadian flags and they were so nice waving to us and everything. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, exactly. And uh, I wish I could say <laughs> the same about uh, Americans, but that's a whole different story. Um <laughs> And yeah, I was fishing off a dock um, when I had the UFO sighting and it was turning dark and uh, I started, you know, pulling my line in and I could see my dad. He was staying in the motel that we were at that was right on the dock. He was inside watching a Yankees game on TV. So I'm like, uh, maybe I should, you know, call the night. It's getting dark. And uh, I was listening to um to Green Day on my on my disc awesome. yes. at the time. Yeah, it was Basket Case. <laughs> To be specific, oh, cool. yeah. basket case. Totally. I will never forget that. And wow. um, that's when I saw it, man. It was a triangular formation of lights in the sky. No Massive, wow. silent. Um, I flipped my headphones off. They went flying. I could hear Green Day on my Discman, but I could hear nothing Damn. from whatever the hell the thing was up there. Ryan, what if it had been Blink-182 on your Walkman? <laughs> and then, like, it's that's a huge, like... And that, you know, like what I'm getting at there, like that would have been oh, wild, yeah. right? <laughs> Aliens Exist by Tom DeLonge. Dude, that would have been the most full circle thing Oh, ever. man, it would have been wild. <clears throat> that would be funny. <laughs> um, oh, that is a cool story. I always like when you tell that story. Um, so let's say I have some listeners where they're like, all I know of aliens is E.T. Mm-hmm. Why is it important that we have – why is this whole UFO – alien thing important uh, i know this is that's a loaded question to ask and you could go all over the place with that but do you have like when you try to explain to someone who really maybe doesn't know a lot about aliens and ufos like how do you summarize like everything from like well it i mean uh, most people go back to area or uh, roswell right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like do you have something where you like try to do a quick summary from roswell to current or like what do you usually do in that scenario yeah i mean when I get asked a lot, you know, all right, you're a UFO researcher, so, yeah. you know, um, aliens, and that's kind of where I stop them. And I'm like, actually, mm-hmm. that's a huge presumption right there. We have okay. to separate the alien from the UFO. And I think that's um, kind of the way I like to go about UFO research is we don't know. We don't know what people are seeing in our skies. We don't know if these are extraterrestrials yeah. from another planet. Uh, it could be a amazing weather anomaly it could be an interdimensional being it could be us from the future man like the possibilities are endless me too that's (laughs) actually a big i'm a big proponent of that one but Mm -hmm. um 
that's kind of where I start is let's separate the alien from the UFO. UFOs are unidentified aerial phenomena as we mm-hmm. refer to them now. And uh, it could be many different things, many different uh, intelligences or anomalies. Whereas alien, that's, that's the most profound question you can ask, I think, in life. Besides, mm. uh, yep. you know, where do we go when we die? Everyone else wants to know, are we alone in the universe? Yeah, and uh, right. if, if, alien, if UFOs have anything to do with that, and there is life out there, uh, that is probably the most profound thing that could happen to any of us in any decade or century or anyone's lifetime is knowing we're not the only ones out there. And possibly they visited here, Uh, possibly. So for me, man, yeah, it is, it's a big loaded question, but it's questions that we have to ask and we have to kind of parse out and, and look at it many different ways. You can look at UFOs in a spiritual way, in a uh, historical yeah. context, in a psychological yeah. context, everything you could possibly think of. So, um, you know, let's start with Roswell, you know, the quintessential <laughs> case that everyone knows about. Something crashed in the desert in 1947. What it was, we may never know, but there was clearly a cover up, and mm-hmm. uh, that's where it yep. gets interesting, you know? Um, That's where we start to ask the tougher questions. Why did they cover up? What crashed? Um, Will we ever know what it was? And uh, it kind of was a snowball effect from there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, um, I'm not getting political with this, but I'm referring to an interview. How about that? And you might know where I'm going. Did you see the Trump interview with his son? Mm Mm-hmm. Where oh, absolutely. Like, the son, uh, I don't know. <sighs> okay, let's stop there. Uh, he's being <laughs> interviewed by his son, and um, the son pretty much asks him, like, what's the deal with aliens or UFOs or something, right? And tr- uh, President Trump says, like, Roswell, but it's like, was he kind of, was he misstepping? Because I expected him to say Area 51, but he said Roswell, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if he's just confused or, like, what? Uh, I don't know. That was very interesting. Uh, like, how much does he know? I don't know. Yeah. That's a very good question. I, I wonder that too. Uh, you do wonder uh, what presidents are told. I mean, we know yeah. mm-hmm. for a fact that when uh, Bill Clinton, like the second day in office, he went into like the Department of Defense, the CIA, everyone. And he was like, I want to know what's at Area 51. And I want to know what oh, happened really? in Roswell. Yeah, man, like he's on record with this. And the individuals that he asked these questions of, they looked at him, stared at him blankly and said, Mr. President, you do not have a need to know for that information. So who knows, man? We know Jimmy Carter saw a UFO and he inquired, you know, well, let's look further into this. Harry Truman supposedly Mm -hmm. started a, uh, a secret investigation program which we know is the case now. We're learning there was a secret Pentagon UFO program, um, wow. probably separate from whatever Truman was involved with. But, okay. man, it goes deep. It goes deep. Oh, and man. even if even our presidents in the United States don't know what's going on. <clears throat> so who does? That's yeah, the real who does? That's, who just, does? that's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, now now I'm on the list. Like, you, you were on <laughs> – now this podcast is on the list. But that's fine. I, I, I want to be on the list. So um, – <laughs> Man, man, it's and it's like things are ramping up so much. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to say a few things about. Um, I'm working through your book right now. It is fantastic. Um, I had expe- expectations for it 
and it exceeded them way crazy. Like uh, reading through the the stories, uh, they're they're written amazingly. Like uh, I don't if that's you writing the book, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in my good, other man. life, thank you. I appreciate so that. Man. Well, in my other life, I uh, you know I went to school for theater as a playwright. Um, and okay. English writing arts. So yeah, you know, why not apply those skills to the other passion in my life, mm. which is UFOs. Yep. And, uh, and not only that, um, the one thing I stress about the book too, is uh, I wanted to do something different. You know, there's a million mm. books on UFOs. And let's be honest, a lot of them, and it's the same with Bigfoot or the supernatural, mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. lot of them are not good. And they're not well written. So <laughs> let's be completely honest. So yeah, I wanted to, yeah. um, I <clears throat> yep. kind of wanted to set a standard, you know, like, let's, yeah, I like it. let's, let's do that. Let's make this a serious thing. And um, not only that, I wanted to focus on the individuals. So as you noticed mm. in the book, yeah, I exactly. tell other people's stories, you know, yep. and yep. Um, I give them a voice, it, which they wouldn't have any other way. Um, this topic is filled with ridicule and stigma, and a lot of people don't want to talk about the sightings they've had. Mm -hmm. So I had to build mm -hmm. the trust with the, you know, the 300 people I interviewed for the book and the 40 that I had to narrow it down to, um, wow. that I'm going to tell your story in the most honest, truthful, serious manner that I can. And uh, I, I will say they did most of the work for me. These are these people's stories. I interjected uh, a few times to give thoughts and theories, as you see okay. in the book. But other than that, this is them. This is all them. And this is how these experiences affect them and change them. And yes. that's what I wanted to focus on is how, okay. how do these events change people's lives rather than just how big was the object? You know, did it make any noise? That's fine. That's cool. We need that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the observer having the experience. And mm -hmm. Man, the the changes people go through after seeing these things, as with cryptids oh, or man, I ghosts, love it. yeah, it's so fun. it changes your paradigm. It's crazy, yeah. yeah, it is crazy. But like, I love listening to people tell their stories and how it's changed them. And <clears throat> man, I used to be an Uber driver uh, on the side, and before COVID, and like, mm -hmm. I talked to this one student I was taken up to Ames once, and he told me this story about like driving through the desert and like them seeing UFOs. It was the coolest thing ever. Oh, but he was wow. like 18. He was young. That's the weird thing. Like I don't hear a lot of like young, you know, young testimonies. But it was cool. Um, so uh, viewers might in the last well, I mean, New York Times. Uh, articles start kicking in a few years ago right i'm, I'm trying to think i know yeah. i was working at apple but um december that was 26 oh that was uh 2017 day. i know the exact yeah. date oh because i remember like like <laughs> almost kicking in the the room of the genius room being like we did it we're validated <laughs> it's real like and everyone's like get back to work i was like no yeah. but read the article you still have to work alex yeah yeah, yeah. Still yeah aliens are real work. but you still gotta do your job yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um but why is why is it so important that we have this disclosure like when people are like what's the big deal that this is in the new york times or you have people like you know tom DeLong from blink 182 and like you have all these people that are just you know pushing like, why is that important? Like, what do you, what do you say to people to ask you that? 
Well, I mean, going back to that article in 2017, uh, that was a bombshell. I mean, for at least for us in the UFO community, I know it was pro it's still one of the most visited links at the New York times to this day. Uh, so that says something. Um, but other than that, you know, the fact that such a mainstream news outlet as the New York Times is covering mm-hmm. UFOs, that's more yeah. than we could ask for. And it they is. haven't covered it as as well in the past as many mainstream outlets don't do. There's always that little bit of ridicule that they have to stick in there for their, you know, their their factual cred. But um, look, that article that came out, that thing was vetted and fact-checked for over, I think they said 10 months before they could put it to print. So what you read in that article about a secret Pentagon UFO program, Mm -hmm. uh, Navy UFO UFO encounters with startling video footage, uh, that's all real. That's all from the Department of Defense and the Navy. I mean, we're not messing around. This isn't just stories. This is documented events of Navy pilots encountering Mm -hmm. craft they cannot outmaneuver. They can't yep. understand oh, that's crazy. and uh, post a threat. So there you go right there, man. If anything, yeah. uh, our government here in the U.S. is now looking at this topic in a completely different way. They're looking at it as a potential threat to our skies, and uh, we have to do something about it. Is it Russia? Is it China? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. aliens? Is it us yep. from the future? Come they on. don't know, but oh. let's work with them as civilians Let's build the trust in our government again, uh, since we know they've lied to us in the past, Roswell being the prime example. Um, they said it was a weather balloon. It was not a weather balloon. We have proven that time and time again. It was not a weather balloon. What it was, we don't know, but it was not what they said it was. Uh, oh, man. So I think they're trying to build that trust back up and yeah. say, we got your backs. The skies are safe. Yeah, we don't know what these things were, but we're going to try to figure it out. And that's where we are today in... 2020 with Man. the assemblance of a uh, a ufo task force being By, created uh, senator rubio right yeah that's just that Dude. blew my mind when i heard that it's like oh man people yeah. are getting their feet to the fire and it's party time and it's like every quarter they have to get information or, or something like mm-hmm. that like it's it's not just once a year like oh man and it has awesome. to be made uh, available to the public. There will be a classified yes, nature. Sweet, sweet. But um, I have a feeling we're going to get some interesting stuff, maybe more videos, more cases. And that's what we need. The more reports and the more UFO cases that come to light, the more we normalize this topic. And that's kind of what I went for in the book, too, is to show mm-hmm. your barista at the coffee shop, your Uber driver, your doctor, yep. your law enforcement. These are the people having UFO sightings. It's not so. Totally guy in the woods you know same with bigfoot i mean (laughs) everyone assumes it's like you know these these backwoods hunter guys just smoking (laughs) weed and seeing something a bear that's not the case it's not it's not it's It's crazy yeah um yeah the other thing i loved about your book is it is the best summary of the last few years and how everything is ramping up that i've read across the board and like i've read a lot of stuff but like it's good man that introduction like people should buy that book well you should buy the buy for the whole thing but you should buy (laughs) just for that introduction if you're getting new into ufos and you're like i don't really get it like this will catch you up to speed quick about the last few years it's a really good intro dude 
So thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, there's so much to all this. And if you're just getting interested in UFOs, Mm -hmm. I wanted the book to be for people who aren't like you and me and don't talk about this stuff every day of our waking lives. And uh, (laughs) I wanted to sum up everything because the first edition of my book came out in 2016 and within the past four to five years, so much has changed. So that introduction is brand new. I needed to implement everything that's happened since and how it affected the people in the book. So I caught up with everyone from almost everyone from the original book. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. I love that. How did their thoughts change? Uh, Did did their experiences continue? You know, we see a UFO thing on the news and it's like, yeah, this happened in uh, Kentucky tonight. Pretty cool. Interesting. And then we never hear about it again. Yeah. But- did they have a follow-up experience? Did they have more sightings? <clears throat> Did, uh, is this location active with more UAP mm-hmm. activity? So yeah, man, I, I wanted to follow up with everyone. I thought that was essential. I That's bring awesome. new cases to the table that have never been made public mm-hmm. before. And uh, yeah, it gets deep. I interview some of the dudes from the Navy Tic Tac UFO event. Um, one of the videos oh, yeah. we've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. come out of the Department of Defense. Yep. And these people are changed, man. Even these military people, they are changed for life after these things. It's blowing my mind how many military, uh, like retired, are coming out and like, just like, here's my story, here's my story to all you, you know, you guys. And I'm like, wow, you must have to like, you must have people coming at you from all. I mean, it's crazy, like compared to just a few years ago, like they weren't really talking and now they're talking, right? Yeah. And that was not always the case. It's the same with commercial uh, air, you know, pilots as well. Um, Dude, they report these things, they get put on desk duty or they get fired Mm -hmm. from the airline. Like you don't, you do not report those. You look at, um, there's a famous case out of Japan um, with a pilot named Terahuchi who had a UFO sighting Um, back in, I want to say the sixties or seventies, um, I don't remember exactly, but okay. oh man, UFOs surrounded his plane. Um, it oh, was like man. a shipping, he was shipping cargo, had yeah. the crazy UFO sighting. And um, when he landed, he <clears throat> reported it and he never flew again after that. They oh, were like, really? we don't trust you, man. We don't trust you in the skies. So it oh, ruined his life for coming oh, forward. Um, but things are changing. I mean, I, yep. I got uh, a guy reached out to me last week a former Navy veteran who has mm-hmm. never gone on the record before. He wow. had five UFO sightings at a military base. Dude. So, and I asked him, I'm like, why are you telling me this? Why are you coming forward? And he told me it's because <laughs> of what has happened in the past couple of years. Okay. He's seen how many military people are willing to talk about it now. And he felt now's the time I can finally talk about this. So I'm going to be bringing that case forward. Uh, those cases Pretty soon. Um, I don't have an exact date. Nice. There's some nice. legality issues, but uh, yeah, look, oh, yeah. look for that in the coming months over at uh, somewhere in the skies for sure. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the so the favorite episode. I was trying to think like through ones. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and I would have to say like the one that really made me take notice was when you interviewed the guy recently, where it's like guard the crate in the desert. Oh yeah, man, that was a good episode. I was like. I was actually, I was driving around Des Moines, like delivering food that Saturday, listening to you. I was like, uh-huh. I was literally talking to you. I was like, Ryan, be careful. Edit this to <laughs> death. Like you are going to be on lists after this. Like, it's a good episode, dude. Like Thank people you. need to listen. That, that was an amazing story. And like, 
I know that that was the first one. Didn't you say something at the end? Like you actually did have to edit it out. Yes. So yeah. um, the gentleman you're referring to, he was a, uh, a special ops guy in yeah. the air force and um, the episodes called the, the, the crate in the desert. So, yeah, um, it's so I'll good. do a, I'll do a super brief rundown. This okay. guy, yeah, yeah. His jo- he was security police. So his job was to guard bases and whatnot. And he was in Jordan in the Middle East. And mm. uh, he was told, you know, they meant like, I'm not kidding you. Within hours of getting off the plane in Jordan, they were like, go to this desert and guard this crate in the middle of the desert. And he's like, what? Yeah. Like, I haven't been briefed. Like, what's going on? And uh, they're like, no questions asked. Go guard the crate. And he did it for three nights. They never told him what was in this crate. He said it was like the size of um, like an automobile. And um, for three nights, he guarded this crate. Never oh, didn't know what was in it. And then so the third night, he had a UFO sighting Ugh. where the UFO was hovering over this crate. Oh, my God. Um, I want to leave. Yeah. I want you to leave it at that because I'll leave it at there's that. other stuff that's said in that episode. It makes sense, but you're gonna have to go listen to the episode and check this. Thanks, like, man. Yeah, like, oh man. I, I, but there I was stuff leave. I had I to edit out. Um, oh yeah, I bet. There's stuff that I could not say uh, that was, you know, yeah, because yeah. of what he told me. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, that'll come to light soon. And if okay. anything, what he says is true. It's um, it's absolutely terrifying. If anything that uh, he's found out actually comes to fruition. So uh, wow. stay tuned for that too. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> I'll keep people up to date. New York Times article where, holy mackerel. <laughs> how, Ryan, how close are we to like, I like, so I'm a parent and I am scared for my kid's future big time. Cause it's like, we are like in the balance of like just everything coming out. And I don't know what's going to happen. Like, how would the world react if it's like, oh, yeah, and aliens are real, and here's the UFOs, and we have UFOs, or here's the time travel. Like, people are going to freak out, dude. And you know it's coming. Like, it's got to be coming. Yeah, so, I mean, if 2020's taught us anything, (sighs) dude, it's anything can happen. Um, I would suggest that you and your your viewers and listeners check out, Mm -hmm. there was a book written by... um, famous UFO historian and also uh, the screenwriter of the television series, Dark Skies back in the nineties. It was like um, kind of the sister to the Um, X-Files. Bryce Zabel, him and Richard Dolan wrote this book called After Disclosure. Like what happens Mm. after our governments tell us aliens exist, UFOs are real, aliens are piloting these UFOs and we've known about it. Um, What would happen in the world? you know, it's a book of hypotheticals based on extremely educated insight <clears throat> from a historian and from yeah. someone who has a lot of knowledge in um, how the government works, okay. uh, being Bryce Sable. Uh, definitely read that book. But um, they were spot on with a lot of the stuff that they said in the book. And we're seeing it play out with these New York Times wow. articles and um, the UAP UFO task force. And, uh, and we're not done, man. There's some other stuff that's going to be coming to light, I think, in the next oh uh, six months to a year that's just going to blow people's minds. From If anything, I've been told is true. And look, people could be lying to me. It's UFO research. 
it's full of hucksters and liars just like bigfoot so but, is um, bigfoot it's like yeah. you know it's like half of it is stuff from the <laughs> government where it's like yeah let's mess these dudes up so it's, you know how it oh dude like, disinformation yeah. is real it's, it's real yes and our government has used yeah. it uh to oh, their man. benefit in the ufo field and beyond for a long time We've, we we mm-hmm. we know this for a fact um but getting back to your original question i First of all, I commend you on being a parent living in the world today. It can't be easy. So, you know, God bless you. Mm -hmm. Um, And and for your kids, all I would say is um, just don't be scared. There's a lot going on in the world that's extremely scary right now and uncertain. Uh, But look, the world is full of beautiful people doing amazing Mm. things for those in need right now are, yep. you know, our essential workers um, and emergency work, everybody, everyone's chipping in to try to make things better. I love that. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and yep. things are polarized politically, of course, they always are, they always will be, but um, we have to just, we got to, you know, bridge those gaps instead of building walls. So I yes, think when totally. it comes to the UFO thing, um, we have to work together to try to find mm-hmm. answers. And like I said earlier, I think that comes with building a trust in our government that they do want the best for us. Uh, that, you know, these yeah. crazy QAnon conspiracy theories oh, are um, oh, yeah. complete and utter nonsense. It lacks all critical thinking. And I'm saying that right now, I'm sorry if I'm offending any of your viewers or listeners. We're going to uh, draw some lines in the sand, viewers. Like, <laughs> put, a, put that I'm um, sorry if you're offended by what Ryan is saying, but come on. I'm sorry. I, I, like, I should have told you I was going to come on your show to rant. No, you're yeah. fine. You're fine. <laughs> I, I, but look, that's man, the way you are, and I love it. So, Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, that stuff's dangerous, those it conspiracy dangerous. theories. Yes, and uh, yes. they lack all common sense. They're based on absolutely no proven evidence whatsoever um Mm -hmm. so let's look at the stuff that is proven and is documented Uh, and mm -hmm. look i file freedom of information act requests on like a weekly basis to get documents on Uh, ufos and um i have to thank a gentleman named john greenwald for that he taught me how to do this um and there's tons of UFO cases out there with documented evidence from our military. And the fact that they have documents, and now that we know they're looking into it, um, we can breathe a little easier knowing that uh, they are looking into it. They are trying to make our skies safe. Yep. Uh, and that's good. And I'm not some like uber rah rah go military dude, but um, I do think that they have our best interest in heart that's to serve mm-hmm. and protect us. Um, and to uh, protect our nation. So if yeah. UFOs are involved with that and we don't know what they are and they're coming into our skies, they got to do something about that. We got to figure um, that out. We gotta figure you know? That out. So yeah, I think that's the most important thing is let your kids okay. know, like we're in good hands. We'll get through it. If we find out in the next couple of years that, um, you know, there's 80 alien races out there and they have mm. visited us, um, yeah. that is a lifetime to live in that I don't see how it could be any cooler it might be scary but at the <laughs> same time wild. dude yeah totally yeah. we need intervention right now more than ever so bring the aliens on and hopefully they can help us get through everything that's something's going gonna right happen now. something's gonna yeah. happen yeah um yeah. so i've got a question for you this this question or variant of it has come up from multiple uh viewers the, so i'm gonna try to summarize it it's so 
right now you've got disclosure and you've got all this alien stuff coming out. Has all this disclosure affect things to, to affected information to do with um, Bigfoot or cryptids or other non-alien things that you've seen? I've kind of looked into this. I haven't really seen anything, but I'm just curious if you've heard of anything or or anything of that nature. So what I think is fascinating about kind of these camps of like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, of uh, anomalous or paranormal or supernatural is um, they, there's like certain people in each camp. There's the UFO crowd and they think Bigfoot's dumb or there's the supernatural crowd and they think UFOs are just hooey. Um, I, I am seeing in my own research that they, they're starting to come together and intersect. They do a lot. A lot, dude. And I mean, yeah. let's. There's one case that I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna save for your Patreon. But oh, uh, yeah, totally. But nice. I will say that it's one of the most mind-boggling things that involves all of those. Wow. And it, it blew my mind. It's in the book as well. But I, um, I'd love okay. to share it with your Patreon. Awesome. Yeah, that'd um, be great. Um, but other than that, here's here's what's interesting. I came across maybe a few weeks ago. Um, the woman that I do the uh, the television show with, Jennifer Marshall, she yes. is a uh, yes. a Navy vet. She's a private investigator. She is top notch, man. Like I love working with this this girl on UFO stuff on um, her television show. But uh, she did Bigfoot. She did Mothman. She did Montauk Project. Oh, wow. um, they did an updated version of the Bigfoot episode mm, a couple weeks ago really? on the CW, and. Uh, they had this guy from like the national parks uh, in forestry come on and talk about uh, Bigfoot sightings that have happened and that the government has investigated. So okay. <clears throat> we're not talking like, you know, documents on a UFO case. We're talking about government investigations into Bigfoot. So these things are real. Nice. The government's nice. looked into it and they've looked into other things. They've looked into uh, remote viewing and psychic abilities. Jeez. Oh, Oh yeah, you totally. Do you there have been projects, oh, documented projects, man. Yeah, and I've like, I've spoken to some of the oh. people who were trained in those programs to. Oh, you have. Oh, cool. You, yeah, man, oh, it's crazy. Man. Yeah, there's there's one guy I'm thinking of who um, uh oh gosh, McMonagle I believe is his last name. He was a remote viewer for uh the CIA, and mm -hmm. he remote viewed uh. I hope I'm getting this right. He remote viewed when Iran had American hostages uh, being held over there. He was able to locate them where they were in Iran from a living room in like freaking Texas. And they went there and they found the hostages because wow. the psychic back in <clears throat> the U U.S. was able to locate them by remote that's viewing. That's wild. And that's wild and crazy stuff, man. Oh, God. Oh, so, dude, the possibilities <clears throat> are endless. And um, yeah. I think it's all connected somehow. Mm -hmm. There's there is a weird universal string theory going on for sure. Oh, for real. Um, it, it that ties into another question. So, how can uh, people that uh, they look at themselves in the Bigfoot camp? How can we help those that are in the UFO camp? Yeah, how's a way I mean, that we can start to work together? You think? For me, it came to uh, podcasting. It, yeah, honestly. Okay. This mm -hmm. is one of the most supportive communities I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, everyone's just building each other up. Yeah, of course, there's drama. Like, they're 
you know, and people are competing, you know, to be the the UFO show or the ghost show or the Bigfoot show. But dude, I oh, remember Yeah. <laughs> God, um it's going on five years now. I reached out to a Bigfoot podcast um uh host named Shannon Legro. She's a like a cryptozoologist uh, and yes. um Shannon cryptid so hunter, great. I should say. She's, She's awesome, great. man. Yeah. And um got in touch with her and I said, Hey, I see you're doing the show. I don't know anything about Bigfoot. I've kind of brushed it aside my whole life, but I'm ready to learn. And she was like, oh, I see you're a UFO guy. I know nothing about that. Do you want to like come on and we can just hash it out and learn from each other? So the fact that you have a UFO researcher on your Bigfoot podcast is the first step. And the best thing we can do is to uh, talk and be like, hey, what that case that you, you looked at on your last episode, could I get in touch with like those witnesses and see if yeah, something yeah, totally. happened in the sky maybe? Cause most times, um, maybe not most, but a lot of the times, yeah, they've experienced not just a Bigfoot, but they've seen something in the sky or something else was going oh, on. Oh yeah. So. A lot of times. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. So that's how, my advice. Yeah. 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 I lo- that's great advice. Thank you. That's good. Hope, uh, a lot of my listeners take that to heart where don't be afraid to uh, reach across the aisle, as it were, and uh, start talking to people you might not normally talk to and see how your uh, research uh, links up. But that's really yeah, cool. Right. Actually, I never knew how you and uh, and Shannon kind of started uh, that that back in she five was, years uh, ago. She that's was cool. the biggest inspiration for me to start my okay. own podcast. I have her oh, to really? thank for that. I learned everything from Shannon. Uh, She's Mm. a pro at what she does. And, um, you know, we did something like 50 episodes together of Into the Fray Radio, her show. And uh, that was when my first book was coming out. And um, I was like, I want to try to do my own show. And I I thought I was going to fail miserably, man. I didn't think it would go anywhere. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But she helped me every step of the way. And I had such a strong, like, support system from the Into the Fray listeners and um mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. in the ufo world and and i got some good interviews right at the start of somewhere in the skies which really helped me too and um we've just built a amazing community over on facebook and twitter and um and now i'm like something like 170 something episodes in and wow. i that's crazy i can't believe it i i still can't believe people give a crap about what i have to say uh but hey um i'm one of those interviewers who i'm just there to listen like yep. you'll yep. rarely hear my voice in the episodes, to be honest. I'm blabbing right now on yours because I don't get this opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so I'm a listener. That's what I was taught as trained as a playwright. Um, I listen to people. I mm. try to understand their rhythms and why they say certain things and okay. what makes them tick. Um, so I love listening. And that's what you get with my show is I just let them take the front, you know, the front seat and, um, and that's why they're there. They're my guests. Let them do all the, all the hard work. And I'm just going to sit back and be like, that's a cool, cool story. That's awesome. What's yeah. been your, uh, what's been your, your favorite uh, interview that you've done so far? Oh, wow. That's a really hard um, one. It is, but you know, there, there's always those ones that really stick out to you. And, um, I would say the crate in the desert one was by far one of the most mm, powerful so ones. Good um that i've had but you know i've had every type of person on you can think of musicians uh artists actors um scientists historians uh one of the 
the very first ones that really left an impression on me was with a guy named uh, Ruben Uriarte. And mm-hmm. he's a, um, a Southwest and Mexican UFO researcher. And dude, he brought mm-hmm. cases to me out of Mexico that I'd never heard of and are some of the most stunning UFO encounters I've ever, ever heard. And not only that, he had, um, he had audio from a, uh, a pilot who was transmitting back to a flight tower while he was being surrounded by three UFOs in midair, one of the UFOs crashed into the bottom of his plane and sent him into a downward spiral. And all of this is caught on audio and you can really? hear it and it's terrifying. And I played oh, it in the episode. Geez. It was in one of the oh, first man. like five or 10 episodes of the show. I gotta check so that out. That's, that's awesome. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, do you have one that you've been, so I, of course, have ones I've been chasing. Well, I've been <laughs> like 30 episodes. But um, I have a feeling that every podcaster has those interviews that they have chased and chased and chased. What is your your white whale that you have been chasing this whole time? There's got to be like the ultimate interview. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, it, there's one posthumously who I would have liked to have interviewed, oh. and that's... Um, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was the astronomer oh, yeah. that worked for Project imagine? Blue Book. Yeah. That would have been the most mm. incredible thing ever. Mm-hmm. Although I did have the uh, the author who wrote the seminal biography on him on the show. Okay. So that was yeah. probably uh, the closest I'll ever get. Um, I also mm-hmm. had Paul Hynek, his son, on my show. That's awesome. Talk about growing okay. up with like J. Allen Hynek, the guy who wow. investigated UFOs for the Air Force. So that was yeah. cool. But um, living... The person that, um, and I'm so close, I'm getting there, man. Yeah. Um, I'm making those connections is uh, Jacques Vallée. Um, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know him, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't mean, this like guy know is him, just... but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll get you the interview, <laughs> yeah, but you never know. You play who poker knows every Friday, a thing. you never know, you so. never know. And uh, a guest I had on had him in his documentary, and he made the connection oh, wow. for me. and Oh, I'm trying to make it work, but to to mm-hmm. just uh, to go into the mind of Jacques Vallée, who, uh, for your listeners may not know, he's a yeah. computer scientist, a UFO researcher. He literally helped create Silicon Valley. I mean, this guy is a genius um, and an astronomer. He's an ast- on top of all those things. He's an astronomer. Uh, English is not his first language, yet mm-hmm. he writes the most eloquent books in English that you can. It just it makes me think like, wow, wow, this guy is a genius. So <laughs> right. if I could just get him on for 10 minutes and just pick his brain about UFOs cool. and what he's discovered cool. throughout the years. And, and look, man, he in his possession has materials from possible UFOs that he's had tested. Um, oh, and if I could talk to him about that, like my world, my, my job would be complete. End of yeah. the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Done. <laughs> We made it. Yeah. Go out without a bag. I know, I know how you're feeling when it comes to that. Um, What do you think? uh, We're kind of wrapping towards the end of the episode, but I I have to ask this and this is kind of can of worms. So maybe what do you think of Skinwalker Ranch? I'm just curious. Oh, that's a great question. Right. Yeah. Um, That could go so many places. (laughs) Yeah, it really could. Um, so I work for a, uh, a sister company called Rogue Planet. Uh, yes. They're like a multimedia company. Love Rogue Planet. They do Planet, all things dude. strange. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. They're, um, they're yeah, good. my buddy uh, Jason McClellan started that. And um, yep. I've been on his crew for a while now, writing and doing um, uh, podcasts with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
they they produce the official Skinwalker Ranch podcast about it's the really television. good too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they did a great yeah. job. They had the um, you know, the host was the producer of the television show, so you've got the inside scoop right there. And um, yep. every week they brought on the dudes who are out there investigating. And uh, I suggest people check that out too. I think it's in the archives over oh, there. Yeah, totally. But um, I think Skinwalker Ranch is an incredible place. It's a living laboratory of strange things. And like we mentioned earlier, Bigfoot, cryptids, shadow people, portals. black beast wolves, portals, UFOs. Dire wolves, yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? Like, yeah. how is how can this all happen in one condensed area? And I, for me, I don't know. That 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 is the that's the thing we're going to be chasing. I think for the rest of our lives is Skinwalker yep. Ranch. Why? Yep. What's going on there? How can we uh, even begin to measure or reproduce the anomalies going on out there? And these guys are trying to these scientists. So I commend them for that. Um, yeah. I think it's an incredible place. I um, I hope that we find out what's going on there. The most important thing, I think, is the new owner of Skinwalker Ranch, yes. uh, this guy, Brandon yes. Fugel. He's, cool. I've spoken to him personally, and he is a really cool guy. And well, the you've most talked important to him personally? Thing, yes, yeah. He's, yeah. dude, he's pretty, he's pretty accessible really? on Twitter. Um, I'm oh, shameless when it comes to that stuff. Like, yeah. I immediately start reaching for the stars and see, I, I you know, maybe they'll that. tell me to F off or uh, maybe <laughs> they'll give me a minute of their time. And he did. And uh, wow, he's a cool guy. And he said flat out to me, he's like, I don't owe anything to the government. I own this mm-hmm. ranch. Whatever's found on there is for me and the public. Wow. And under the original ownership of Skinwalker Ranch with Bob Bigelow, he was yeah. being funded by the U.S. Uh, UFO program, oh, ATIP the secret Pentagon UFO program, most of that money went to investigate Skinwalker Ranch. So that tells you something right there. Um, But everything he found went to the government. That's not the case anymore. Under new ownership, they want this stuff out to the public. So that's exciting. So I think the show's great. I think the podcast is awesome. I can't wait to see what they uh, they find there. And I I do think um, if even a fraction of what's going on there is... um, is something we can understand or reproduce mm-hmm. it could change the world i honestly oh, think that no same with them um, yeah no doubt you about know it. those nine mm-hmm. crash saucers in area 51 that bob lazar yep. talked about if oh, we could boy. uncover <laughs> that technology dude boom <laughs> world changes overnight there's there's so many uh i want to say there are threads that are going right now and if just one of the threads gets resolved the whole world changes it's crazy because yeah. you have like Lazar, you have Skinwalker Ranch, you have the disclosure stuff. Just one of them gets resolved. Everything changes. It's like, it's just nuts how many things are going on at once. It it's is, crazy. man. And again, crazy. anything can happen. I think we're heading into a new paradigm shift with all of this. And um, I'd have to piggyback off of what you said way more eloquently. Um, if even one UFO case turns out to be alien yes. or turns out to be something non-human, that's all we need. And if yeah. we can have 100% oh, definitive proof of that mm-hmm. over UFOs, I mean, they're not over. We're going to have to keep investigating and, and there's probably not one answer to it, but we just need that one. We need that one. So let's, let's find it. Let's work together and uh, let's keep looking up, I guess. Totally. I love it. Um, how, if people are, are digging what you're saying, which they should be, um, how, what's the best way to, to keep up to date with, with what you're into, Ryan? 
Oh, thanks, man. Um, well, I hope, yeah, I hope they, uh, they dug it or uh, suffered through it, I should say. <laughs> um, I, everything I do, I have a website somewhere in the skies.com. Um, okay. The book's on Amazon right now, paperback mm-hmm. ebook. And I do a weekly podcast, Somewhere in the Skies. That's everywhere you get uh, get your show as well, so they can seek that out. But um, no, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Like I said, I'm a big fan of yours. So when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, yes. And I'm oh nervous, as you can tell. That's why I blab. <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you, dude. Um, so at this point, uh, it sounds like you've got a pretty cool story to, to share. You were, you were telling that. Uh, you were referring to that earlier. So... Uh, we're going to end out the, the episode, but as uh, as you know, if you're a listener, that uh, at the end of this, the uh, guest hangs around for a bit. They share a story. Uh, it's an extra podcast called Bigfoot Society After Dark. And if you go to patreon.com uh, forward slash Bigfoot Society, or you go to BigfootSocietyPodcast.com, click Patreon, for $5 a month, you can access the extra stuff, uh, extra podcast episodes which is pretty solid it's some good stories so thanks for uh listening to this episode with ryan in ryan thanks for coming on i really appreciate it man uh everyone should go check out his stuff uh listen to the crate in the desert it's my favorite <laughs> at least listen to that but uh thanks for coming on man my absolute pleasure keep up the good work man and uh yeah let's find answers together totally all right see ya take care oh man it's so much fun to talk with uh, Ryan Sprague. I've been a fan of uh, him for a long, long time. I've listened to his stuff for a long time. But check out his podcast, uh, especially check out the um, the Crate in the Desert episode. If you're into Indiana Jones uh, type stuff, alien type stuff, and not, all right, don't get me started on Crystal Skull, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's got an Indiana Jones vibe to it that uh, you got to check out the, the episode. Also, check out Ryan's uh, new book, the second edition of Somewhere in the Skies. It's legit. There's some amazing uh, recounting of uh, some crazy stories in there, some crazy events that people live through, um, encounters, really. Um, and it is written extremely well. Do yourself a favor. Check it out on Amazon. Just a few bucks. It's worth it pick that up today also after this uh podcast is over go over to bigfootsocietypodcast.com check out the new articles that we've got up uh the article with alex petikoff and his top books in his 14 bookshelf is really really amazing there's some pretty cool new england cryptid research books in there i was blown away uh, also, anything that you buy after you click on any books in that article helps to support the Bigfoot Society podcast. So either way, you're helping out. Speaking of the Patreon, I'd like to take a few minutes and thank the Patreon members. We have Sir Fetties, we have Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective, we have Greg Morrill from the Indiana Road Trio, Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands on Etsy, and we have Daniel Fuller from Caveman Resale on eBay. Thanks again, team team is a little weird but i'm just gonna say uh you guys and gals are awesome uh you support the podcast and it couldn't go on without you thanks again to the rest of the listeners uh thanks for spending your time with the uh, bigfoot society podcast again uh thank you for doing that every week and we'll see you back next week for another crazy squatchy adventure uh so keep on uh 
questioning what's going on is Squatcheroos. Mm. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it one week. Don't worry, guys. I'll get it. All right. I'll see you next week. <laughs>